Hello and welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I don't remember how I do the intro to this one or if I still do the Uchna cast intro because we haven't recorded since fucking February. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the world kind of fell apart and we're picking up the pieces of ourselves. So we are here to continue watching the bear anime. I am here, of course, as always, with my wonderful co-host, Alice. How are you, Alice? I'm doing all right. And I'm also here with my other co-hosts, Yasha and Vana. Hi, guys. Hi. How's it going? Life is certainly a fucking thing. (laughs) How's everybody doing? Um, It's 2020, I I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's 2020. You can't ask for much in this this year, I think. (sighs) All of our institutions are falling apart. People were rioting a while back. Uh, We've got COVID, which is fucking scary because we're finding out some really awful things about what it does to people even afterwards now. And yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Society collapsing. But we're still here recording podcasts. (laughs) We're We're not quite at the at the Mad Max stage yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, so um, I hope everyone is staying safe and wearing masks, wearing masks, washing your hands, limiting going out in public. I'm literally just going to my job and coming back. Mm-hmm. Please don't go out to restaurants. Please don't go Jesus. hang out Order with people in large groups. Yeah. Where you, you do mask? need to go out. Please wear a mask because where where pen and i are our state is not doing great about that right now plus like there's so many cute masks like you can pay somebody to who might not be getting income right now because of uh all of the job fuckery with covid in the first place making a cute mask like i got uh, a a mask with moomins on it from etsy and yeah, and we got I some hand-painted masks it. from uh, Allegorius, who's yes. making some gorgeous ones. Absolutely. Free gorgeous. plug. We're, we're going to plug Allegorius here yes. because the masks that uh, they have been making are incredible, and a lot of them are Utena-themed. There's also mm-hmm. uh, some Sailor Moon ones, some Madoka ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah she like made a Madoka one, one with the lizards. That I was super tempted to buy. <laughs> they're beautiful yeah. and everybody go get an Uchina mask yes this is like uh louisiana making cocktails during the apocalypse pretty much yeah yeah after the hurry after the oil spill they made like oil spill based cocktails yeah the tarball just like well if we're gonna have to wear masks we're gonna make leet nerd masks <laughs> yeah um but we're still here watching ikahara anime <laughs> about you know collapsing this- systems and <laughs> I feel like I- okay so you guys uh yasha and vana you guys did not rewatch this episode before we no because this started. is the first one that's going to be completely new to us i am gonna say straight up i loved this episode i'm a i'm suddenly a yurikuma stan like this episode rocked and i'm like I'm very in favor of it. Ikuni references his damn self, which we Uh, will talk about. We will talk about. Um, Okay, but he's allowed. He does that a lot. He's allowed. 
Alice, did you watch this uh, today or are you just going off of uh, the multiple times that you've seen it? I'm going off my memory, but I have watched this episode multiple times. I have watched the series like three times. This episode rules. Oh boy, I'm scared I, like, now. <laughs> I don't want to set up like undue expectations. I feel like there's a lot about this episode that is like specifically something that would appeal to me and it's fine if someone else doesn't like it. But uh, I did not anticipate liking this episode as much as I did. So uh, oh, that, was, that was a fun surprise at least. So let's go. Let's All right. start All right. the episode. Let's do this. Okay. The very beginning. Okay, so we've got a little bear picnic. Uh, Lulu is doing an opening narration as a bear, and she is in bear court. They're asking her if she will back down on love or give up her kiss. She says she won't back down on love, so she will give up her kiss. And for once, the two lawyer bears are like a little bit flummoxed. Yeah. She says that she has to go to the other side of the barrier together with Ginkgo. This seems really important, this give up your kiss thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's give up your kiss. This well, is like, a, this is the Sarah Zen my thing. It's the same, like, you can't say I love you, mm-hmm. or your heart explodes thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will Maybe, proceed yeah. to use the phrase, like, give up your kiss uh, multiple times in this episode, and okay. so it's one of those things ikuhara isms yeah where you are saying a thing but the thing is very clearly a metaphor for question mark how come how come it's these guys that get to decide how come she doesn't get to decide for herself let's there's something shrug city Mm -hmm. and then we get the intro i can't get a kiss yes the episode is called i can't get a kiss are fish gonna be involved are they going to do no. the Kisu pun? This is not a Kisu <laughs> thing. <laughs> Kisu pun in this. Ikuhara sad. had not yet reached the Kisu pun. Does anybody else get the feeling that through making these, Ikuhara is just like leveling himself up somehow? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think he's definitely reached the level of importance where he's like allowed to to reference himself. Well, everything that Ikuhara does in one series, he brings with him into the next series. You like there is a clear line of influence that you can kind of trace between Utena and Sarah Zanmai, where you can take aspects of everything that he has done between those two and link them to each other. So what you're oh, saying definitely. is like he's a big gay katamari. Each each anime <laughs> is like new anime plus yes yeah <laughs> i love the little kisses that they give each other in the opening sequence is that it's them so giving cute. up their kisses interesting i don't know what that means in i do yeah alice knows but i don't okay so we get the gates opening yeah this is really like uh, i'll talk about it later we get to see the boys in their bear forms and Aww. i love this I love the bear forms, so this made me very excited. <laughs> There's a oh, never mind. <laughs> Great. Oh yeah. Life sexy did a pose like a cat licking its butthole is the way I'm going to describe that. There are a lot of buttholes in this. It's always that's a running thing with Mary in general. Except as a bear. 
<laughs> what is happening right now is the the bear boys are talking about how they're gonna what is essentially happening in this episode is we're going to get a a flashback but mm -hmm. it's a very ikahara style flashback we're getting the ooh, what's which episode is it where the shadow girl 34. yeah yeah it this is the giving the fairy tale backstory sequence mm -hmm. from utana but this is going to be about lulu and we're going to find out oh, the backstory between how like lulu and ginkgo met essentially it's okay but you know what like okay so i made it i made the joke but it's actually kind of like bringing back like a, a few comments ikuhara has made because i keep watching this show especially uh Keeping in mind a couple things Ikuhara said. One, when he was making Utena, like you can read in like the um, Blu-ray box set commentary. Which I he, do recommend if you have it. Yes. yes. He brings up that at the time he was very, very against feeling like his work was, was derivative. He didn't want anyone to look at his work and be like, oh, that's just X. That's mm, where yeah. the whole thing, I didn't watch, you know, Rosa Versailles and all this kind of crap came from. And it's why Utina's references are a lot less explicit. And clearly he had that moment of revelation somewhere you know, before the making of Yurikuma because he eagerly is constantly referring like other mm -hmm. to other media in this. There's all of the like shining references and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there's like references. Yeah, and... there's that. And also um on the topic of, you know, sexy voguing from male characters, he, there's a bit in one of the interviews where he talks about Akio's car jump and the pictures and things like that. And he he says that the challenge was that he wanted it to be absurd, but not so absurd that it breaks your willingness to follow the dramatic arc going on. Yeah. So you're not supposed to like get pulled immediately out of what you're watching. Go, did this bitch just jump over a car? <laughs> you're supposed to be like this. Yeah, this tracks this tracks and <laughs> kind of go along with it. And I feel like for some people, he didn't. That didn't happen with Utena. He failed in that. <laughs> like he wanted it to be just like, no, no, definitely there are people that have watched this and been like, nope, this is, I'm broken. And I'm just thinking of that, like thinking he had, and this is clearly him being like, you know what? I'm just going to go so hard. You have no choice but to get pulled out Eagle when I'm harder. going to have little, you know, adorable fucking bears, like spread eagle being sexy <laughs> it's like anime camp yeah like he's he's yeah. just embraced that that question and stopped trying to answer it with, with you should take it seriously and tried no i actually want you to get pulled out by the absurdity of this mm -hmm. and i'm making it part of the story so we actually got an email that i have not yet responded to from a mm -hmm. listener who listened to our rose of versailles episode where alice and i watched like the Ooh. first episode of rose of versailles and mentioned that they would love to hear us talk about more rose of versailles Versailles. If that is something that people are interested in, I will put it on Hell the list. Yeah. Maybe do another sure. like special episode or something where we watch a couple more episodes of Rose of Versailles or something. But mm -hmm. uh, people, let me know if you're interested in more Rose of Versailles talk. The Yuri Kuma episodes have been received very warmly by everyone. So thank you for continuing to listen despite the fact that we did not upload an episode for like three months. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, I'm glad you're all here. <laughs>
Oh yeah, Panda. Um, at the end, we should talk about our plans for the role playing game episode. Yes, because in the time between the last recording that we did, we have met the Patreon goal for us to record an episode where we play the Utana tabletop RPG. And we now have to figure out how to actually do. Do that's going to be a lot. And uh, Yasha has graciously offered to DM. And by that, I mean, I assumed that she would DM and asked her if she wanted to. And she said, yes. <laughs> so it's going to be me and Alice and Abby. I know for sure. Gio, do you intend to play? We will see. Vana doesn't yeah. know yet. I don't know yet. Vana's not sure yet. I'm not the, I'm not, I have zero experience with tabletop That's RPGs. That's bullshit because I've played in games with you before. Yeah, but anyway. Like, okay, about an hour's experience, so. I have, this will be the first tabletop RPG I ever yeah. play, not so. Not lack of trying. Yeah, no, we have, not for lack of trying, we have, Alice and I have <laughs> tried to put together two different campaigns, and it, like, both times things have just not materialized, so, mm -hmm. uh, This okay. one will happen, because they met the goal for it. <laughs> yes, and... you, the, the people demanded it, Jeff Hayboots demanded it, so. <laughs> we, we have no choice. We have no choice. Thank you. I cannot even, I, I can't even begin to thank everybody for uh, helping us get to this point. Alice and I are going to record uh, a, a special audio of us thanking all of the patrons past and present because uh, I just want to like, it's been a while since we've really talked about patrons and thanked everybody and I, I want to devote some like special mm -hmm. space to that. But yeah. uh, since We've also, we had the pins go out and people have received pins and they are wonderful and I, I'm excited. You guys, did you, did you get yours? We did. And yeah. They're lovely. They're gorgeous. Uh, I was worried about how long international shipping would take with the Honestly, delays. I think you just made it because everything else everything is just backed has up. Been delayed, but the pins just made it here. It took a while for some of the international ones to go yeah. through, but I'm glad that everyone who has signed up for pins got them and everyone who was a patron before that got them and everybody I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin the surprise yet, but uh keep an eye on the pin tier because there may be a special offering that we will have starting uh, next month. August is a special month in the canon of Utena for reasons, and it will involve a, a potentially special offering from our Patreon, and mm. I'm excited about that. You guys have already seen it, but yes, it is amazing. Other people I'm haven't. Yeah, I'm like trying I'm so to shut happy up for it. Yeah, don't All say right. anything. Don't ruin it. No, nope. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not another pin. I don't want to get people's hopes up yet. It's not another pin yet. We will do no. probably another pin next year. Oh, we could be like make a yearly thing on purpose. So keep an eye out, everybody. So for excited August. for it. <laughs> I'm so excited. We are we are getting back into the episode, and this is the beginning of the storybook flashback. About I just Lulu. want to point out that Life Sexy's pedestal has a purple rose and a red rose. <laughs> it yeah. sure does. That purple rose is ambiguously pinky purple, but you could it's, say it's yeah. purple. It's very sus. Order in the court. <laughs>
It just can't resist the frames. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is sexy, huh? Well, if he says so, I guess I have to believe him. He is the expert. Once upon a time, long before the barrier had yet to separate bear and man, there was a certain kingdom of bears inside a forest. In the kingdom lived a very beautiful princess. That's Lulu! <laughs> Her name was Princess Lulu! Princess Lulu was next in line for the throne. She was going to be the next queen. She was blessed from the moment she first drew breath. Can you tell me that you noticed the statue with the bears? People are putting up tapestries with her face. I really love the outfits that the maids have with like the... The little bear ears. They have bear hoods with like veils. Mm Mm-hmm. They are truly blessed to save to serve the princess, and it should be noted that there's like a wasp that is involved in all this. A honeybee. It hmm. it keeps like circling around her head. But then one day, stars came raining down from the heavens in greater numbers than ever before witnessed. They were fragments of the asteroid Chimera from beyond the Earth's horizon. Yeah, the the canon of what the fuck happened in this world is just absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that Lulu's parents have given birth to a a little boy and overjoyed. He is the long-awaited prince and the kingdom has nothing to fear. But of course, because patriarchy, her little brother is patriarchy. Ah. This is angry making. Excuse the fuck out of me. Everybody loved her and she was supposed to be next in line. But so now this this <laughs> new little brother guy. What, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. I know. It sucks. This feels familiar. Oh, oh my, my god. Lord, really? <laughs> I know it's like okay, the best thing. They really did that. That's <laughs> great. Like it just happened because I am too busy laughing. <laughs> what's that even called i don't know but i I used to get dracula sound i used to get kevin to play that for me on the piano when we were in drama class in school singing along to dramatic isn't it yeah i don't know what it is or i would have put it in the soundboard before we started yeah no i i think it's it's that famous one that everybody uses yeah, it's for the, like it's vampires the Dracula and song. shit. <laughs> that's all I that's all I know. And like it's in front of like the windows and yeah, okay. this this I'm feels very it. much like an answer to episode thirty four in some ways. But anyway, so shit sucks for Lulu because everybody has switched to. I found it. It's it's Togata and Fugue and oh, D minor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you if you can send that to me, I can. Yeah. Put oh, it in. Uh, by the way, it, I just realized that they're they changed how they are writing his name. His they're they're saying it Miloon. His name is Milne. Milna. Like, you know, the guy who wrote um Milne. Oh Milne. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, like the yeah. guy who wrote um Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yes. That's, oh. the that guy. that's his name. That's the joke. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, that, I I didn't get that from the spelling. I like that. That did that not come neat. through at all. Yeah, they change the subtitles. They do that a lot. Well, I mean, these are these are fan subs. Yeah. So if you don't catch the reference, you're gonna do it wrong. Uh, the young OG is is overriding. Yeah, he has a silver crown. Lulu's was gold. I wonder if that means anything. Well, he's the younger one, but he's the male 
overthrow the patriarchy. So even <laughs> the lesbian bears have a patriarchy. Well, I mean, that was pretty pretty evident from the fact that the severance v- court is all dudes. Yeah, V-sad. Extremely. V-sad. This is, this is terrible, like, MLMWLW solidarity. Because <laughs> I feel like all the men I've seen in the bear court are gay, and all of the women are, are lesbians, and... Maybe that's why it's such a, fake, a big fucking deal that there's two heirs to the throne now. Two two straightish people fucked enough to have children. The only ins- the only provable instance of anything straight in all of Yurikuma, yes. Yeah, the, that's, this is the closest thing to like straight representation in Yurikuma <laughs> is that there's two children. The, the actual lesson here is obviously that everything was fine until the straight straight happened. <laughs> Okay, I can't get it to go in the soundboard, but now that I have it on my computer, I will edit it into the episode (laughs) here. Excellent. So so what you guys are saying So that people can hear the sound. Straight sex happened and it ruined the kingdom. It ruined everything. Immediately. The straights ruined everything. Mm -hmm. It's true. All right. Ready to go? Okay. okay. So yeah, <laughs> well, that uh, that's a face. Lulu is not happy. Not happy about how everyone in the kingdom suddenly is now. obsessed with her little brother, and they don't really give a shit about her. And there's this there's the wasp, wasp flying around. Flying her. around. Tama. Her and... little brother, though, really seems. Like kind of cute, infatuated with her in like a family. <laughs> oh my way. god! Oh my it's god! Weird. That's my face. Yeah, like every day. Can confirm. <laughs> I love how different she looks when she was in like bear princess mode. Yeah, she's, she's adorable. Really different. Also, I feel like the prince is kind of like. I mean, it it's like it's Haruka. a it's a trope and everything, but well, so did Haruka. Like, I feel like this is very much a little prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reference. Yeah. Especially since that's basically in Sarah's and mine. He's got like that the little prince. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In uh the English dub, they do specifically refer to him as a little prince. Yeah. Mm. I'm kinda Yeah. I should I should rewatch Utina seeing if there's any little prince references. I don't think there are. I don't think there are. So they're talking about how apparently, according to the rules of this world, uh love turns into stars. And he's like Big sis, does true love really turn into stars? And she's like, yeah. Dead inside. Yes, it does. And the shooting star fell down to the earth and became the promised kiss. As if mm-hmm. love can become a kiss like in this, those stupid stories. Yeah, right. <laughs> face. He asked like her the if a, the promised kiss <laughs> shines as bright as the stars. And oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Now I'm getting into Ikuhara incest Ikuhara, territory. No. <laughs> he says he's gonna get the promised kiss for her. I, my wife came in while I was watching the scene, and I was like, Ikuhara be referencing himself. And then my wife mm-hmm. was like, Oh, you mean the incest? And I was like, No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, that is definitely what he's referencing. I mean, kind of, yeah. That is that is definitely a reference. Yeah, well, I was thinking talking more about like the storybook princess stuff going on. Yeah, I don't interpret this like the relationship between Lulu and her little brother as incest at all. 
I don't know if no, that no. is a thing that cha- I, I, Alice, you're free to keep silent on this. I don't know, how, like, <laughs> what whether or not that changes at all. But like right now, that's not the vibe I get from this. It's I just not. like I'm definitely not. I feel compelled to say that no, really isn't. I mean, if you okay. want to read it that way, I guess nothing would stop you. But I, I, I would. I would say it's not there, but Ikuhara knows yeah. that Ikuhara fans are watching this and will think it's there, and is yeah. putting just enough for us to go. Yeah, the only see that. reason that you could say it was even maybe there is because Ikuhara is making it, which is enough to make anybody exactly. nervous. And it's totally understandable. Exactly. Yeah. I think I he's mean, genuinely fucking with you a little. Like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like he's like, kind of oh, wink, he's wink, definitely fucking with his you audience. a little bit. Actually, that's. That's a lot of the energy I'm getting from Yurikuma so far. Mm-hmm. Is Yurikuma fucking with everybody? <laughs> kind of like I, I get the feeling that Yurikuma's sense of humor is much is very very built around it being mostly aimed at Ikuhara fans. He is definitely like, fucking with you sometimes. Like he he knows his audience for this is primarily people who are already familiar with his work, and I feel like a lot of the humor is in that sense self-referential and kind of playing off of, like in that sense it feels very indulgent and I think Sarah Zanway was more sincere in that regard yeah, yeah. I can see that mm-hmm. but like it's not a bad thing I'm actually enjoying it but this definitely feels like he's having kind of mm-hmm. a laugh with his audience knowing that absolutely no one watched this that wasn't already familiar with his work yeah, yeah I like I think it. he knew this was kind it. of limiting its audience by its very design yeah so yeah, Lulu realizes how to how get to rid get of her, her pest, pest brother. Pest brother. <laughs> I like the Kuma Shock graphic. It's fun. very good. The extremely high def CGI bear paw. Yes, the yep. very shiny one. <laughs> the whole thing with the with the with the little prince being like, oh my god! Another Ikahara referencing himself okay. moment that I meant. <laughs> Just get to hold the clip. <laughs> Why don't you guys walk the audience through what just happened? <laughs> Does someone want to take, take up okay, that responsibility? Like, dude, so everything I just said, harder. I was everything trying I said, to but harder. Like, so what just that, happened? Yeah, okay, so, tell them what happened. So what happened is... Tell them. Um, Lulu told her brother, okay, you you can get me the promised kiss and you can do it like this and put him in a box and kicked it off a cliff. <laughs> like so. Nanami with the cat. Yep. There's this is the only time you'll ever hear me reference that. Uh, that horrible. It's a combination horrible. of two shots because I feel like there's a shot somewhere of the elephants getting thrown off a cliff yes. in the same way. Yes, there is. That is so the curry episode. He is absolutely referencing Utena, like, intensely hard. I'm gonna, like, I'll send you the links. But, yeah, but there is one yeah. shot in the curried high trip with the elephants falling yeah. down the cliff that this is, that, what But this is the, the box is from the, from... And, yeah, that's the box from episode 10. Oh, God. He's, um, he's really having a blast with his own work. Yeah. I'm gonna... He sure is. What? I did laugh very hard when this happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. It's probably terrible of me to laugh, but God, it's so funny. <laughs> it is. So Just yeah, bye. he's having he's having Ikawa really excels at physical humor. He really people does. forget that. 
and it and it does track because it's very like this is about her being jealous of her brother and wanting to get and it's just sort of the same story except yeah. it's the brother she's jealous of and wants to like get rid of so she puts him in a box and Kicks throws him, him off, off a cliff. cliff and it's exactly the same energy as as Nanami. <laughs> it is. Except with more comedy. Yep. And less regret. <laughs> she she does she Now I'll stand regrets. top the throne again. When you this play the Game of Thrones. The world will realize my greatness once more. However, this is like what if Anthe had just killed Dios herself? The cat came back. He didn't go. What? Away. So Milna is back. And then we realize that he doesn't actually know what a kiss is. He just found her honey. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> We've got some ominous music, and the kid is begging for a kiss. And she throws the honey. She threw it right out the window. She had no use for something she did not desire. I love this like trumpet version of. (laughs) Do you love your big sister? If you bring me a promise promise kiss, puts him back in the box. She's gonna try and do it again, and it works. Love kicks her love. (laughs) Into quicksand, kicks him into the sand where there's an ant lion in the. It says love on the bus. This is straight up from Sarah's and my God, it really is. Doing, yeah, doing original, please. He is doing an original every time. This is the original. God. This is like watching a Woody Allen movie. And like everything is the honey. same, but it's slightly different. Okay, so the prince shows up again, brings her more honey. She chucks it out the window again. And they end up back on top of the cliff. The whole thing where he keeps using Tama is cute. Mm-hmm. Kicks him off a cliff. It's lava. Kicks him, it's a fucking volcano. <laughs> Inexplicable volcano. Which... <laughs> oh my god, oh. she's got a little bear hazmat Oh suit. my lord. That Get my great. desire max. Fabulous max. <laughs> and he shows oh up again. Oh my lord. This bitch keeps surviving. Yeah, I feel that way too, Sam. <laughs> this is literally the opposite of the... Of the like instead of saving her she's trying to kill him and yeah it does seem kind of like the opposite it keeps not working and that wasp is still circling and then he just dies out of nowhere yeah wait till you hear how so she's finally the apple of everyone's eye again and And then Kareha wakes up Mm -hmm. she was dreaming this maybe Lulu is cooking, and she's putting honey in it. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, she seems to be having nightmares about shooting Yuri Zono, maybe. Okay. That's how I kind of interpret that. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Lulu's giving her a cute nickname. In, in the subs, she calls her, like, Kurechin, mm-hmm. and... In the uh, English dub, she calls her uh, curry pie, like cutie pie. Oh, cute. Oh, cute. That's cute. It, it is. Yeah. It's pretty cute. And I, I, I like that localization of that mm. joke. Or, I mean, not necessarily a joke, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I think the poppies and the roses in the <laughs> background. So apparently she just came in because the window was broken. And... Ginko is being a, uh, a good lesbian and fixing the window for her mm-hmm. they came to check up on Kareha because she hasn't come to school they're worried about her and Kareha's like uh don't worry about me and they say they're her friends 
honey. She made honey porridge. So yummy, your cheeks will melt right off. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's honey, just like, you know, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> and she's flashing back to Sumika giving her food. She knocks the porridge out of... I don't want any of that jam. <sighs> what? Sad. Yeah, no, what I know. Happened? I know that was Nanami knocking the jam out of Anthony's hand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And then we go back to the princess. God, this episode is actually kind of hard for me to watch going back. So several years later, Princess Lulu had matured into an elegant lady and princes from neighboring courts came to court her. Life sexy, apparent. Let us share a love hotter than <laughs> okay, the sun itself. Oh, well. All okay. of the the three life bear judges are attempting to court Princess Lulu and being scared off by her. <laughs> You mustn't be fooled by such a bearvert, says life cool. Instead of a pervert. (laughs) The most important thing for a man is cuteness. They're all attempting to plead their case for why they should be her suitor and get her promised kiss. But this Mm -hmm. honeybee ain't having any of this. Yep, this wasp is just like, no, fuck you bears. She received appreciation, authority, and affection from all. All she could wish for. The wasp is a physical representation of her lesbianism. (laughs) (laughs) That is my hot take. But she felt not a single iota of joy. She's yeetsy life sexy off the- She fell into the depths of apathy. What a fucking mood. (laughs) Hey, look at that. We got a Picasso bear. Yeah, I like the Picasso bear in the background. Do you notice the little Venus sign? Yeah. Yeah. That's a- Yeah. That's a that's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Ikuhara knows writers who use subtlety in their cowards. Yes. God. Why do I like this shit? What the and fuck? Her brother comes back. Oh my lord. Or she imagines that he does. Or this is her thinking about him doing it. No. It's. Hmm. She says, if you give that honey to me again, surely I'll just toss it aside again. And the prince says, that's okay. I'll just find it again. Kind of cute, yeah. He does really have like big Haruka energy. Mm-hmm. Then she wakes up from her dream, and there's a mysterious bear at her window. At window. I get like Peter Pan vibes from this, right? And oh. uh, the mysterious hooded bear offers her we the jar. Of it is. <laughs> the mysterious hooded bear, who could not possibly be a previously established character, offers <laughs> her a, the jar of honey and says, "This belonged to your brother, didn't it? I found it deep in a valley, so I came to bring it back." Is is there any sort of symbolism to the color sequence on that blanket? Because it's the only thing aside from the figures in the picture that is colored. And not desaturated. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No idea. I'm not recognizing it, but it is like very dubiously colored while the rest of the shot is desaturated. Yeah. So I'm like, mm. anyway. That's one of those Ikuhara, what are you doing? Yeah, that's, that's like the Ikuhara pointing finger. Like, I'm sure that's a reference. I just don't know to what. Yeah. And the dramatic reveal that it's that it Ego. Ego. Under the hood. Having a gay moment already. Who is a criminal bear, oh. but is also a royal bear. And notably, the bee 
surrounds both of them, which means that my joke about it being a physical manifestation of her lesbianism may not have been that far off. Though, of course, it also circled both her and Milne a couple of times. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't notice that, I don't think. It didn't fit with my narrative, so I disregarded it. (laughs) Maybe Milne was a lesbian, too. Okay, Akia. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) So she... This honey hits different. Oh, you get to find out. That's what happens when you're with a girl. The honey just hits different. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he was stung by a bee when he tried he to He stung by a bee, fell out of a tree, and he fucking died. It's and all And now her he's fault. in a Snow White coffin. That is, mm-hmm. yeah. From the be- very beginning, I loathed you. And from the very beginning, I loved you very much. This is a callback to her uh, speech at the beginning. Ginkgo uh, points out that it was a waste for Kareha to hit the honey, uh, the honey porridge away. And they're talking and then, about them and Kareha being friends. Yeah. That made her upset. And Ginkgo kind of comforts Lulu, which is not really something that we've seen. Yeah. Lulu says that her job is to fulfill Ginkgo's love. And that if one day, if she does that, she'll see presumably her brother because she says, see him again Again. so we're back to the scene in the flashback and ginkgo is leaving the window and tells lulu that she's going to the world of humans beyond the barrier and lulu says she'll be killed if she doesn't or if she does and but Ginko says it'll be fine because she has the love that she gave me so who's that she gave you love yes and i'm going to do the same i want to deliver my love to her i promise to meet her again and give her a kiss the promise kiss. The girl is beyond the barrier and Ginko says she's sur- sure that the girl is waiting for her too. This has some real like Utena Anthe going to the real world vibes to it. Yeah. Yeah, Anthe. Okay. Like, I, I, oh my god, Ikohara has one joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not one joke, but it's one set of yeah, it's it's yeah. one set of the man of has been trying to say something situations. very hard for his entire career. Yes. Well, there's like it's it's this is this established pattern he has because you've got Utna and then you've got uh so, which happens in a contained universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh Penguin Drum, which occurs in like real time in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. You have this, which is another story that occurs within like a barrier of some kind, mm-hmm. where it's like an established other world. Sarazenmai again is a show that exists in real time in tokyo mm-hmm. so his next anime is going to be like this one yeah in, in a contained he's world. gonna do no, the, no, the next anime is gonna be where all these kind of like finally meet ikuhara expanded universe yeah, we want the ikuhara expanded universe give it i to believe us, it i believe it give it one, to us, one set of gays enters only uh, many sets of gays enter only one leaves <laughs> Well, yeah, because they form a polycule. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. So Lulu's worried that Ginko might be killed by the person that she's going to meet. Because if she's on the other side of the barrier, that means she's a human. I'm a crimibear. Crimibear. <laughs> a criminal bear. Yeah. In the English dub, they just say criminal bear because there's not really a way to bring that uh, portmanteau over. Like Japanese as a language is very uh, receptive to portmanteau. Mm -hmm. It is. Geiko says she won't back down on love. And Lulu wants to go with her. 
She wants to go to the other side of the wall. I'm also a Kermit Bear, says Lulu. She's hardcore! And now we've got Lulu falling down the stairs. Barefooted. Once again, they inquire, will she back down on love or give up her kiss? She says she won't back down on love, so she'll give up her kiss. They're going to turn her into a human girl so she can go to the other side of the barrier and get to Ginkgo. And if she she does that, she'll lose her kiss. My kiss has already been lost. Oh, I lost my shot with my brother. I can save Ginkgo. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cora! You can just just call just, yourself and all of us out. You know, Why don't just, you? Your desire sure. to self-actualize through her will end in naught but stroking your ego. It, Fuck off! Uh, I you know what? This is this one of I uh, what of what is it that the otter says? I am a I am an imaginary construct. Yeah, this is yeah. I, yeah, I am by concept. Yeah. This is phase one after he got aggravated that nobody got when Akio was doing this and when like what's his balls and penguin drum was doing this. Yeah. So he just went, no, I'm just gonna just, just gonna say, say it. Just gonna say it. Implication oh. is too hard for people, so I will just dead ass say it. Writers who use subtext are cowards. Oh my god. Make it god. text. <laughs> That's, That's pride. pride. It's a sin. Yeah, it's the hot one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know I'm a criminal bear. So they're going to hand down the sentence and her Yuri has been approved. Goo goo. And she falls into Aww. Ginko's arms and they do little blushy at each other. And this is how Princess Lulu ends up going. Yuri Gasaki Lulu set off for the severance barrier with Ginko. Will the promised kiss be fulfilled? Or perhaps that is sexy. Shababadoo. <laughs> And uh, Ginko was looking at a necklace of a star, and then we see a picture of Kareha's mom with a star necklace. So either she's like into MILFs, or there's a time dilation problem at the severance barrier. (laughs) I imagine there is a time dilation problem at the severance barrier. Did you really have to say it just like that? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's what we signed up for when deciding to do a podcast with these guys. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's fair. But yeah, so... I can't get a kiss. It just occurred to me that the title card at the end is also very Sarah Zanmai. Yeah. But we have a new illustration for the end credits, and it's uh, Ginko, Lulu, and Kureha all sharing a big scarf together, and it's very cute. And it's winter time and you can see snowflakes everywhere. Yeah. There's uh is this is a different song, huh? Yeah. It's an, I mm-hmm. think this is entirely new. Yeah. So Each I like it. Bolts. I think I like this better than the first one. I liked the illustration more in the first one, but I like the song better in this one. Yeah, yeah. it's really upbeat. The other one was kind of oons oons. <laughs> the other one fit the picture better because it was all of yeah. them like hanging out in Kareha's bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know what? I feel like at this point, oh, I like that little bear in the corner. Doing the- That's adorable. I feel like at this point, you could take episode thirty-four. I think it's episode seven in Penguin Drum. Mm-hmm. This episode, what's the Sarah's and my episode? Probably episode nine. That's the backstory for yeah. Rayo and Mabu. Yeah, because they're like. Nikuhara likes to do his backstory like this in a single episode each time, and there's yeah. so many structural similarities between them. 
Yeah, definitely. Like the framing devices within framing devices and shit like that. How how did we feel about this episode? It's definitely good knowing more about Lulu. Yeah. Like because that was one thing I was wondering was because they didn't seem to be romantically linked, but there was still something very clear that Lulu was very devoted to Ginkgo for some Yeah, reason. and you're like, why? And yeah. now, yeah, I guess we find out it's not really Ginkgo she's devoted to, but the, the memory of the kiss she feels she should have given. Mm-hmm. Though also kind of Ginkgo. Yeah. The there's Ginko a little bit of liking Ginkgo in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, but, but still. Ginkgo is free in a way that she's not, I yeah. think, is what really does it. And Ginko is like still has a chance, and the idea of still having a chance to be able to connect with someone that you care about while they're still, you know, around is kind of compelling to her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I feel like it's like the kind of energy with her where you know if you've missed your shot and you're embittered by it, you find yourself attracted to someone who still has that enthusiasm for life, and you kind of yeah. attach yourselves to them, hoping to. Kind of like if, if like, kind of like Toga hanging out with like Sainji and Nami. Mm. Like on one hand, he resents them for their their innocence, and on the other hand, you kind of become attracted to somebody that has, has a modicum of hope. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind of attracted to Ginkgo on like multiple levels. I think there's definitely some. I'm just attracted to Ginkgo. Oh, probably. There's yeah. plenty of that. Yeah. I mean, she she definitely is super horny for Ginkgo. She's definitely attracted to Ginkgo because she's made like thirsty jokes at ginkgo multiple times in previous episodes yeah and she like you see like all of her suitors attempt to like get close to her and her be like very clearly like pushing them away but Mm -hmm. like she lets ginkgo get like right up in her business (laughs) she does she lets ginkgo get close to her physically in a way that like she doesn't let anyone else Mm -hmm. and like that's not, you know, that that's not an accident. Yeah. Well, it's if it kind of feels like that whole framing device of like the guys pursuing her and and failing and ultimately still being the arbiters of whether she's allowed to be Yuri or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's Yuri approved by the guys that rejected her, but she still had to go to the, through the process mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. dealing with mm-hmm. it feels almost like a compet metaphor. Mm, like yeah i could see that oh definitely you know baby baby lulu still had to go through the process of like a heteronormative heteronormative like courting ritual Mm -hmm. and she rejected it but she still had to get the approval of those suitors to be gay in Mm -hmm. her culture or something like that like if it feels very weird to have these guys that you've framed as the people that can approve her her yuri literally or not and then you find out they had all tried to have their shot with her as well, mm-hmm. which is very like, oh, great. Yeah. So you you still need the approval of these people to do what you want. Well, you still Whereas need Ginkgo did not. Ginkgo just like, like, unless we get a different history for Ginkgo, Ginkgo was like, uh, I'm just going to go be Yuri and just runs off to be Yuri. And maybe that's what Lulu is attracted to is it's implying Ginkgo's journey to being a lesbian was much easier. I mean, she's, she's a criminal bear. She's a criminal bear. And she's just like, hi, I'm just, I'm just criminal as fuck. Whereas Lulu in her position had to go through the process of proving she was proving that she was a lesbian. Yeah. To men. We still had to be the ones to prove the relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I'm is- really interested in why Ginkgo has a little crown. Yeah. And not yeah. just because I like little crowns, but like <laughs> being a 
being a, a prince or princess in an Ikuhara show is always yeah. a like thing of importance. And we see that Lulu is literally a princess, but like when she's in her like bear form, she doesn't have a crown. Yeah. So why does Ginkgo yeah. have one? So what is what is I I want to I I mean you know Alice I know that you know things so you can't really comment on this but I want to yeah. know like what's Ginkgo's deal like yeah, is she, she like also- a renegade princess? Yeah. What was her crown? Her crown was silver, wasn't it? No. No, she Milne's has a little gold crown. Just, just Milne's is silver. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remarked on that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's, I... It's definitely good having Lulu's backstory. Yeah, and... this this definitely was a lot more engaging to me uh, than the last episode was. I don't know. We've been having fun with the last been... episodes because they're so referential. But yeah, this feels a little more I like... I just noticed that Lulu's princess crown looks like Anthe's crown. I feel fucking stupid. Really? <laughs> I yeah, didn't. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I just didn't notice it. Like it just didn't occur to me. And I was like, "What color was her crown again?" And then I saw it, and I was like, "That's a fucking anti crown, you idiot." Yeah. I yeah, but I feel like that's a very common Ikuhara convention. Like, I'm just he, saying, like from a lot of things there. that are like you wouldn't even think of that if you hadn't already seen his work. Mm. Yeah. Like his, he repeats design elements and stuff like that, and it would not like have stood out to me if I was not so familiar with yeah. Utena for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely enjoyed this episode a lot more. I love this episode. Like, this is like where I feel like, like I like the first three episodes, but I feel like the fourth episode is where it turns the corner into being, yeah, this is good. This is really good. Like yeah. that's that's when looking back is when this show gets. And well, that kind of tracks with what we've heard from other people is that if you just kind of mm-hmm. like stick with it, it does start to kind of Get justify and itself. Utena does that too. Yeah. Utena really does that too because it's what, like episode nine before shit actually. Before shit. Uh, I would say down. episode seven. Uh, I would say episode seven is the point where you can demonstrably go, oh, this is actually kind of more serious than uh, than I thought. Yeah, but but shit, we don't care about that. Episode, actually, so. real with with like, nine kitten death. <laughs> yeah, well, shit actually gets real when when Toga's carved in half by his best friend on purpose. Well, yeah, that that too. But um, but that is a thing that he does is have the lead in episodes doing one thing and then later on being I am it actually turns the corner into I'm like, sincerely the real hoping this is a Madoka. Yeah, because remember how Madoka did the same thing those first like three or four episodes we two, kept first two episodes yeah we kept commenting on how voyeuristic some of the shots were mm-hmm. like a lot of like ooh this shot's from under the table and it's kind of titillating and you can clearly see it's luring in people that are like mm-hmm. here to see there was not really any fan service in this episode no we no. drops which makes me wonder like was what were those first three episodes that same bait and switch where it's like here here's gay cook gobble gobble go- oh no we're gonna get serious now yeah like yeah, it's the see. same psych out. I feel like hmm, I feel like like if we looked at Penguin Drum and Sarazanmai, we'd see we'd see that too. Because I mean, it's not until Toy's episode that, that it actually gets Sarazanmai turns the corner. And Penguin Drum, like, I can't recall quite now because if, I haven't seen it in so long. Well, we'll be doing it after we finish this, and yeah, since yeah. there's not as many episodes in this as there are like Utana or uh, <laughs> whatnot. It won't be that long before we 
run out of these episodes. Mm-hmm. And then it will be time. I mean, this podcast at, the, at this point is basically imagine me and Ikuni. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if you saw the joke I made on Twitter, yeah. I quote tweeted somebody was like, describe your podcast in five words. And I said, accidentally about one man. I mean, yeah. I didn't accurate. really start the podcast with the intention of just like centering my podcast career around the works of Kunihiko Ikahara, but uh, it but just sort of. Are. I just sort of stumbled ass first into it. It's fun. He's just so interesting, though. He's he's doing things that, like, nobody else does. I was cemented in continuing to uh, cover the works of Igohara when I found out that the name for this show was Lesbian Bearstorm. That was, that was where I turned to the tide and mm-hmm. was like, I guess we are committing to the rest of this man's work now. And unfortunately... <laughs> I promised that we would do this one instead of doing Penguin Drum. And so we're kind of doing them out of order in a weird way. Well, I mean, and we already did the the frog bottle anime. So (laughs) honestly, that's how I describe it to to pretty much if I have to talk about it, I just call it the frog bottle anime. (laughs) It's what it is. I mean, it's not wrong. No, no, it's not. It is entirely right. I feel like Kepi was very clear on the fact that he is not a frog. (laughs) I do not care. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get your sheer Kadama taken. Look, Sam said Kepi does not have rights. I found our Kepi right near the toilet bowl. Kepi near the toilet bowl, uh, Kyubei in the water dish. Yeah, we had that earlier. Sam is anti-anime mascots. (laughs) That's another pattern. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. remember how I said like there's a pattern of like Otori Academy, Contained World, uh, Penguin Drum, Tokyo, like on and off and on and off. Yeah. Uh, The references he does, the kind of references he makes in these anime also back that up. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the references in Utena and a lot of the references I'm seeing so far in Yurikuma are of media or things that aren't real. Like, it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the Shining references, a lot of, uh, not, not Takara Zuko, although there's references to that too, but, um, Teriyama references mm-hmm. yeah, in Utena. So you're referencing yeah. a lot of like media and, and cultural standards, things like that. And then when you get to like Penguin Drum and Sarah's anime, a lot of the references are extremely concrete. Like it's literally, this is the street. This is this street. This is a reference to a legend for, about a Kappa that originated at this point in us. Like yeah. it's, he's very like attached to the place. It's kind of interesting because I've seen in interviews that he bitches about Tokyo. Yeah. Like he doesn't like Tokyo and yet his two non-fantastical world anime are extremely rooted in Tokyo to the point where mm-hmm. you can like do walking tours of the animes. Yeah. Honestly, it, I, I can kind of see it because like, Sometimes you hate it. Sometimes you kind of just hate a place, not because it's bad in and of itself, but because you don't like the reality. Like you like the idea of it, not the reality of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. And I'm kind of wondering if like Ikuhara perceives Tokyo in the same way he perceives the Severance Barrier or Otori Academy. Like mm-hmm. in his mind, you're still depicting a contained world and he's just imagining Tokyo as this contained contained world. world. And it reflects media that I've seen from other directors that are extremely attached to a location. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my best example of that is Woody Allen. Sad. So, Very yike. Sad. Very sad. But it is 
he's absolutely seen in Woody Allen's work. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, I've noticed references, but it's the same attitude uh, Woody Allen has to New York City, yeah. where it's like, this is a contained world. You mm-hmm. could potentially draw the comparison between like Stephen King and the state of Maine. Yes, yeah. absolutely. There, where there it's almost That's a character a- of its own. A, a step up of an example from Woody yes, Allen. Yes, that's an, imp- that's an improvement. Yeah. Like Maine, according to Stephen King, is like a an ethereal place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The version of like Maine that exists in his books is way more interesting than the real version. Straight I've facts. never been to Maine, but I could totally see that. Can we think of any other di- directors or creators? Apologies uh, to the Northeast. I know that we don't really have much room to talk living down here, but Spike Lee. With Brooklyn, Spike Lee with Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. I I've not seen a lot of his movies. I think just the one. I, have. I would say like I, I thought immediately thought of oh so like you know how um what's his name William Faulkner talks about Mississippi and I was like no he was actually pretty accurate about that. <laughs> it is accurate actually. I'm trying to think of other examples. But yeah, it's it's this idea of like taking the real world influence of like places that you're familiar with and using them as like using like the character of it as the the background for your your work. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like it's interesting because Ikuhara depicts unreal places with this very like he romanticizes these unreal places like this castle, this kingdom, you know, you know, on the other side of the barrier or Tori Academy or places like that. And then he treats the real world depictions of Tokyo exactly the same way with that same like, yeah, fantastical mm. sort Whether of it's or uh, Asakusa. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I really actually like it. And I will probably appreciate J- Tokyo more after having watched because like after watching Sarah Zenmai and after watching um, a bit of Penguin Drum, I appreciate Tokyo more than I did when I went the first time mm-hmm. and didn't have that same perception of it. Yeah. So I don't know. But it's interesting because it's it's depicting a place I know very little about in a way that is Makes similar to something I've seen. Actually. Yeah. If, yeah. if we if we do get to go back for Mew 3, we need to uh Totally. Take, we need to take trips back over to Ikebukuro and Asakusa and maybe record. I'm planning like, on just staying in Asakusa, honestly. Re- yeah, record like a vlog. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because honestly, that was like the part of Tokyo I enjoyed being in the most anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm down I to just stay there. Time. Yeah, we're, we're going to drag everybody, as many people as we can. Hopefully we won't have a, a month of prep time next yeah mm-hmm. i'm fairly sure if we see a mu3 at this point it will be the rest of the story yeah there. yeah i mean like, it'll be the rest i look as there there's no way that they're gonna split it into to another musical like the even though like there is a distinction between like the, the first part in the apocalypse yeah. arc yeah even though there is technically a distinction like as far as streamlining the plot like they're just gonna yeah they're just gonna cut because i mean uh, the the majority of utina fans if you really ask would probably say there's only three arcs anyway but yeah. uh it, it would be easier to streamline that whole chunk of the rest of the series into one plot than yeah. it would be to try to bank on being able to make four musicals also one of those arcs is like four episodes long so it's not like you could yeah. really stretch a whole musical out of that anyway I think they will make it a single musical, but it will be longer. 
I can see that. Yeah, you're you're going to probably see like a two and a half hour runtime or something like that or an intermission. Please let me go. <laughs> charge, charge like four times as much. I don't give a fuck. That said, there is a concern I have with uh, getting a Mew 3. And that's uh, so apparently uh, like in the interview about the first musical, uh, it says Ikuhara was like super, super against having anything like this made. Mm-hmm. He didn't want anyone to do anything like this with his work. That's why you've never seen any of it up to now, really. Mm-hmm. He had that first musical and second musical seemed to like it. And he and I'm guessing from the success of that, he was fine with the Sarah Zanmai one, which he would not have been previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Sarah Zanmai one is not good. Yeah, but it's so I, I'm same. wondering if he's like kind of turned off. now. You know what, though? I hope no, because I don't not, think it so. It wasn't the same director. Yeah. It wasn't the same group of people. It wasn't like yeah. it clearly had a much lower budget, and mm-hmm. like the actors were not nearly as accomplished as the ones that mm-hmm. are in the Utsune musicals. Like there, there's a there's a significant difference in the way that those two were made. That I don't mm-hmm. think that. It, going to be a deterrent necessarily in and of itself i hope so i i would be surprised given the like the warm reception that the uchina musicals were given and how Mm, he seems to be pleased with how they went i would Mm -hmm. i would be very surprised if the way that the sarah sammy musical went had an effect on whether or not they did a mu3 yeah because I and I think like it like a Mew three will probably be in like a similar theater and things like that will still have that insane budget. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not super super worried. I also feel like it would be weird to not finish it out at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. You're That's already too like, through. Like exactly, like you wouldn't have bothered to make a Black Rose one if you hadn't already floated the idea of finishing it. Yeah, and it was clearly and, a fucking hit. Like every time we went, like yeah, there was it was all a really decent turnout. There was very, I, I think most, I think something like half of the show is totally sold out. Yeah. yeah. And even the ones that didn't sell out were quite full. Yeah. And it was a much bigger theater. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, reception wise, you did okay. Apparently all of the money that gets, a lot of the money that gets made by like cast is based on merch sales. And well, we, I, I think, we I, think we helped. I think we helped on that front. I'm going to say. <laughs> You you and Abby basically uh, funded the next musical. <laughs> that is fine. That was literally what I was doing. I was like, I was just throwing money, like, just do this thing. Well, I mean, again, and asshole. We, we've got to bring things back for the people who were not able to go. Yeah. 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 That said, they were a lot more permissive because they did actually offer to sell the merch online after mm-hmm. the run, but it wasn't all the merch. So there no. was still definitely like, if you weren't there, you missed the boat on X. Mm-hmm. But I I think they were a lot less um, gatekeepy about access to the product as they were with the first one. And I think that reflects an awareness that the fandom is wants to open the wallet. Yeah, international and, and wants to open their wallet, whether they make it to the show or not. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think a lack of interest would be why we don't get a Mew 3. I'm actually kind of like, well... Being as Mew 3 has probably been delayed by a year, that's like that much longer for Yoshitani to like imagine exactly how it's going to go and how awesome it'll be. Yeah. 
I think this like this is actually giving them more time to deliberate on the subject. So I'm kind of wondering if we'll actually see an even better Mew three because they had longer to. We'll get a real car on stage. (laughs) Yeah, get a car on. I have no idea how they're going to do that, but give us real horses in a recreation of the opening credit sequence. Yes, that would be great. However, However, this is a Yuri Kuma podcast. This is. Talking of the. the What if we get a Yuri Kuma Mew? That would be cool. I would love to see a Yuri Kuma. Because I could see this just. This is easy. This This is a freebie. Right? This would be a freebie. Mm -hmm. It works so well. Seems highly unlikely, but I would be very interested. I, mm. I think if Mew 3 happens and Mew 3 is a success, you may very well see a Yurikuma one. I would almost feel like uh, Penguin Drum would get one before Yurikuma. You think? I don't know. I don't know. I, really- I guess maybe I don't really have, I don't, I, in yeah. no means do I have my finger on the pulse of the Japanese fandom, but yeah. it seems like from what I understand from talking to the English speaking fandom that Penguin Drum was received better much than better this. it was yeah mm-hmm. uh penguin drum was received better it makes me but i kind of wonder if that's that the point was, uh it was uh it would just be more likely to see a penguin drum anime but or not penguin drum, anime uh a penguin drum musical but i'm wondering know. though because 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 yuri kuma was not a hit in japan and i'm kind of wondering if that's that. why he would do uh, a musical for it like he kind of wants to redress it and sell it again because i feel like there might be a perception that yuri kuma will be taken better now yeah than it was at very the time. possible not impossible I mean, honestly there was that big switch between the first time we were in tokyo and the yeah. second like um there was a lot more going on you could tell there were a lot more conversations going on about LB- LGBT yeah. rights and things like that. I and feel like Yuri Kuma is going to be more relevant just, now. Do you think, that's, do you think that might have been part of why it didn't go over well? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little too much for when it was made. Yeah. I think you... Once it, again, like- I am being attacked for presenting new ideas. Kaneiko Ikahara. Uh, when did this come yeah. out? 2010? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he was so kind of ahead of his time on this that you had to kind of le- re rewatch it mm-hmm. later, and it might be easier to absorb now. I don't necessarily feel that way about Penguin Drum. In fact, I feel like Penguin Drum might be harder to absorb the further away from it you get because it is so specifically about editing. correction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri Kuma aired from 2014 to 2016, so I was uh, God, that's half weird. a decade off. It feels, oh, feels like eight thousand older. Years ago. It feels like it should have come out earlier than that. Is that really? All it has been? been like time dilation. Uh, yeah, dude. Hmm. It's so... Uh. Okay, wait, no. No, I misread the manga. Come, It came out in 2014 to 2016. The anime came out in 2015, which is still like... It still feels like it was older than that. But it also like years ago. I had to be confronted with like how long ago two thousand eight was earlier today, and I had to like lie down. <laughs> Didn't like it. It wasn't that, that long ago. That is, oh god, it was a million years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was oh. Two thousand eight was our first RoseCon. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's that was New York to. City. Wait a minute, two thousand eight would have been. Oh, I was like a freshman. <laughs> yeah, Man, we've been here a while. Yeah. Oh God. Yikes. Are you gonna I'm be okay? So no, oh, we're suffering God. here. 
<laughs> I'm not suffering. Alice okay. started having a crisis. It's a oh little weird God. to think when I'm when I'm saying it was ahead of its time that I'm only thinking of like four years ago. But so much has changed. We're like four like, years have been about five thousand years. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, comfort with super with this sort of approach to storytelling has increased. Well, as I mean, we yeah. demand more part, fantastical part of media. The reason that it's increased is because things like this were coming out. Yeah, and exposing people to it. Like this I can't the believe Terry Kuma came out the year before we started this podcast. God. <laughs> I know it's it's. Wait, I'm not gonna lie. Really? I, I was mostly missing the boat at this time. Um, there was definitely a period of like four or five years where I was not heavily engaged with the fandom. Yeah, like the forum had mostly kind of died, but we hadn't gone on Discord yet, and like I was still. It was before I had a Twitter account, and I was still playing with the website once in a while, but I wasn't super uh, committed to socializing it. So I mostly missed the buzz around Yurikuma as it came out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing a whole lot of it, but I didn't seek it out. To be honest, I feel like Yurikuma kind of just passed everyone by a bit as it came out, and we weren't really paying attention to it or ready for it, nor did we have as active of a uh, internet fandom culture mm-hmm. going yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing happened with Penguin Drum. Like, most of the content around Penguin Drum happened on my forum or on Tumblr, but it wasn't... Like, I feel like Sarah's and I ended up hitting different because it was already, there was, there was, yeah, there was a social media established culture that yep. fed it. So you've gotten a lot more buzz around Sarah's and I'm interested to see what that. happens with his next project. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious about his next project. It's starting but, to be about that time, isn't it? Yeah. But I feel like you're going to see something more like this, yeah. more like Yuri Kuma or Ichino, where he's going to do something Mm-hmm. and yeah, that certainly yeah. feels more pertinent in 20 in 2022 mm-hmm. well yeah, i like yeah. sarazan a lot so i'm hopeful for the trajectory of whatever it is that he decides to do next it was very good it was a little more it relied a little more on ancillary media than i would have liked because i'm not really that sort but it no, was still but, really good i mean like I said back in those episodes, that's Ikuhara talking to the people watching, mm-hmm. and he's using language that they know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So back to this episode specifically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this episode was good. I liked it. I'm I glad you guys liked it. It feels a lot more grounded mm-hmm. than the other episodes because now we. Now we understand a little bit about who these characters yeah. are. Because that's been kind of what's been aggravating me about the show. Yeah, is mm-hmm. that we don't really have an idea mm-hmm. of who these characters are or what or mm-hmm. why they are doing the things that they're doing. We get a little bit about Kureha, but that's still, she's kind of like floating in a void. For mm-hmm. those first There's a lot that you don't have, basically. Yeah. yeah. It feels kind of like like with, with Yuri Kuma, you've dragged for about three or four episodes the same energy that you get from episode one of Utano, where it's like, why is this asshole smacking this girl? And what is his issue? But you need to actually under, like, you don't find out what his issue is until episode nine. He's a minor character in that sense. But like, it feels like they're doing that with the whole cast of this Mm -hmm. is the first three episodes I've had a very hard time engaging with because I'm like, I don't know why these characters are acting this way yet. I'm just following the premise along. Mm -hmm. Well, you go through that journey with Utana watching it for the first time. There was definitely a little bit less to go on in the very beginning of um, of this show. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Is he's I doing the same thing a little bit less effectively? You will, uh, you will definitely, yeah. Uh, 
okay. Don't 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 worry. You're gonna about get you're no gonna spoilers. get about other characters, and it will be weird. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I I, I like I like that that's something he does so often. <laughs> I didn't bring up Bakio. <laughs> oh, I I meant that for, that was the, the no spoilers alarm. That's uh, the only okay. other, I I have I only have so many sound effects in my soundboard, <laughs> and I couldn't use this one. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh god! I used that one to terrorize the co-host of my other oh podcast. Oh my god! We should, do, we should do the Yuri Kuba musical in the format of the Cats music. That would be glu- sign would be me the fun. fuck up. I want the hair to be like like done so that it looks like ears the same way. Oh god! Please no. Yes. I want this. Do yes. this. I hate this. Life sexy is basically from Tom Tugger. Use your uh, fan art summoning powers to make this happen. <laughs> I can't. My fan, oh. my summoning powers only work for cursed accusation. I don't know. My Can it not work for cursed for- life sexy shit? I, I maybe it depends on whether panic is seen. Let's this. see. Let's see. Can I can I speak this into existence? We have to secret Yuri this out. Kuma fan art done in the style of cats. Can I make this happen? I will. I've we'll already see. done it with Akio and Joker, so we'll see. All right. Um, we have ideas for the music. So we should probably we should probably wrap up. We'll just keep going because yeah. we haven't talked in a while, and we'll just like this will be a, this will be a repeat of the first time we recorded, and we recorded for four hours. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we should try to schedule recordings a little more um, regularly, just so that we don't. Get oh no, we're whole. we're we're back in the saddle, baby. Like we're we're yeah. back into because I uh, magic ass is on hiatus right now, which has freed up a. a chunk of my time and mm-hmm. uh i i want to get back into doing this episodes one because i want to get back to doing the show in general and two because i miss you guys and i miss yeah. watching i i miss I can, watching the bear anime and yeah. guess what i have i'm almost always free because i work from home now and i don't do anything <laughs> I, am, I, mean, I am still restrained that's, to that's my work fair. but yeah, but you have a very that. predictable work schedule for the most part. I, I do. I, I'm, I'm. My problem is not my work schedule; it's my spoons. Mm, yeah, yeah. But that can be <laughs> yeah. that can be better uh, scheduled around for the most yeah. part. But um, yeah. So, do we have any final thoughts about this episode? Let's have Let's have Alice's first. Alice, um, what were your final thoughts? We summoned. So, as I said before. Uh, this one is kind of where I think Irikuma really starts to it's it's been going on cruising for a while. This is where mm-hmm. it ramps up. This is where it starts getting really, really good. Um I didn't really you guys immediately kept caught the whole like, aha, it's it's a funny reference to the fact that Utana has you know bad stuff mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. With well it's that hako, it's a box. Mm-hmm. I have a like I I have a younger sister, and so that's not what I saw at all. My immediate thing was this is the sort of the weird sibling-like awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see When it. you're the second one, and I mean, when you're the first one, there's two now, and mm-hmm. immediately. And so, like, the, the first time I watched this episode, it was actually incredibly sad for me. I was genuinely heartbroken. 
I feel like it's also worth noting that I believe it was very early into us watching Utena that you watched this. So the Utena parallel would probably not have jumped out as quickly Mm -hmm. uh, when you watched this for the first time. You need to let me know when this gets posted because I'm totally going to like tweet pictures of. Oh, 100%. This episode was very. Panda, what were your final thoughts? Um, well, as I said in the beginning, I loved this episode. I was very here for the the Peter Pan uh, ginkgo sweeping Lulu off her feet energy <laughs> mm-hmm. that we got in this episode. And yes. uh, it was one of the first episodes where the sapphic content was not also leaning into being like exploitative. and it just i i liked the i like the moment that we were shown princess lulu i was like i was strapped in and ready to go like i was like (laughs) i i'm here for this i am excited for this and i literally wrote in my notes princess lulu in all caps because i was so excited about it i'm glad to i'm glad that we've gotten more info on the world even if like that info is sort of dubious in its framing. <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, this has been a uh, a delightful jump back into doing these episodes, and I'm mm-hmm. genuinely intrigued to see where we go from here. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh, let's see. As for me, I'm really glad that the series is grounding itself now like I keep repeating that but it really did feel like the first few episodes were kind of drifting in a void of not really knowing Mm -hmm. anything about these characters or there's really no way of knowing which direction we are going yeah Mm -hmm. but now it feels like it has some direction it feels like this is where the real story is starting so I'm excited to see what happens next and Honestly, I expected a storyline for Lulu that was a little more um hmm, almost romantically exploitative. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that it's something that is this kind of bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Like this is not really what I expected for her. And I'm glad that my expectations were not met here. Could have been a lot worse. I'm starting to think, okay, so the whole framing device of her rejecting her brother's love. Mm-hmm. And how it keeps getting cast away, and eventually um, Ginkgo is, like, bringing that same, like, star, the little thing of honey or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I'm beginning to, like, think of it as Lulu's brother accepted her. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the, the jar is, like, her lesbianism, and her brother keeps, like, trying to approve of it, of it, approve of it. Everything and say it's okay, and it's okay. is a metaphor for Lulu's lesbianism. <laughs> yeah, like, and she keeps throwing it away, and she keeps throwing it away, and then he dies. And then a woman comes along and is like, no, but this was okay. This lesbianism's okay here. And then, like, you're seeing her feeding it, trying to feed it to uh, Kureha and stuff like that. Yeah. Because the whole, like, I, I enjoyed the framing device and how much it reflected previous work that Ikuhara has done. Obviously, mostly episode 34 of Utena because mm-hmm. it's a similar yeah. story it, within a story kind of thing that mm-hmm. they're doing. I'm kind of like, because the whole thing, I don't feel like the brother is there to be like I joked about it but it's not an incestuous thing and I'm kind of like wondering what his relevance there is and he just seems like a figure that accepted her Mm -hmm. 
And I'm kind of wondering if there's like a dynamic like that, like yeah, she where... was rejecting his love because she was rejecting any approval of of herself, of herself. Yeah, and that's what she kept casting off because it's obviously not the boy that she's mad at. It's mm-hmm. you know what his existence mad at the, the society for. she lives in. Yeah, like and it's like you can hate you life. can hate this system and still care about it. Yeah, like it's got a lot of that. Yeah, well, she even says that yeah. in the beginning, I loathed you, and from the beginning, yeah. I loved you. It's like a reverse Akio and Anthony. <laughs> like, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right. So. Yeah. We should so, outro. I've got a plug for that, for those masks I need to get. Yes. Plugs. If you would like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at UtsunaCast because we used to be and till still are judging by a third of this episode and Utsuna Podcast. Still, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There are still there are more episodes to be done about Utsuna that will happen like while we are also doing this. So I mean, you know, we we have not hopped off the Utsuna train forever. No. But, oh no. Uh, Candon, oh, I have some does. plans. Oh yes, there there are plans on plans on plans. Uh, if yep. you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at impandonata. Alice, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L Y R E W U L F. And Yasha and Fana, uh, where can people find the things that you do? <laughs> should they wish to find them? Should you wish to find us? We are always shitposting at, on Twitter, O-H-T-O-R-I underscore N-U. Our website is otori.nu, O-H-T-O-R-I dot N-U. And I just want to plug here my friend Allegorius Masks. She is at Etsy, Rose Garden of Thorns. And she does beautiful hand-painted masks. Some of them Utsuna, some of them Sailor Moon, some of them Madoka. You should check it out because they're gorgeous. We have a couple coming in the mail for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, stay and safe, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Yes, everybody. Stay safe. Take precautions. Don't listen to anybody who tells you that <laughs> the pandemic is not serious. COVID is a psyop. No, it's it's really serious. And even after you get it, it can have some really bad effects on you. So be careful. Uh, coronavirus bad. Trans women are women. That's These are the official stances of the- <laughs> Imagine Me and Utena. Glad to finally know for sure. Glad to finally know for sure. Not that we've like made that made yeah very clear reaffirmed that clear, but uh just just in case if there was ever any doubt um yeah. <laughs> we have other things we have a, a patreon that uh you should keep an eye out for uh come august because there's gonna be a fun new thing that you could possibly get through patreon but also mm-hmm. like i know times are tough right now if you like have other things that you need to spend your money on or like you want to donate money to a good cause instead of like this podcast like i mean you know (laughs) that's like you know your business is your business i you know if you want to donate money to the show i think that's great but i am well aware that there there are more important places that your money can go whether it's for you or for supporting causes that you believe in unless the causes that you believe in suck in which case i don't support that but uh if you song that was made by uh hopefully not bad lib on soundcloud.com i don't think the song is up there 
but uh i could probably have it put up there if for what if you guys just wanted to listen to it for whatever reason um <laughs> and we have a tumblr but nobody's on tumblr anymore Man, nobody's on tumblr tumblr's over and uh there's probably something oh if you want to email us you can do that at imagine me at gmail.com and uh that's it i guess that's i it. love you i think that's right. our, uh, love you everybody stay safe the world our sign off for this one is not it revolutionize the world but it is <laughs> I, i'll count us down and we can say kuma shock okay kuma, kuma shock. shock oh you guys were all on time that's really great look for the I don't know if you guys had listened to the podcast, yeah. but that's our outro music. Yeah, I know, I love it. I've checked it out. It's great. It's great.